I'm Steph. And I'm Drew. And you're listening to Spirited Spirits. What do you know about werewolves? Well, I know that werewolves um, involuntarily turn, typically, on a full moon. It's painful for them to transition into a wolf. And that a bite from a werewolf will kill a vampire. And where did you learn that one from? From Vampire Diaries. Of course. (laughs) Of course it's Vampire Diaries. Mm -hmm. All right. So tonight I thought we would talk about the werewolf folklore. And how it's developed in um, like a historical context, psychologically context, and in media. So um, yeah. why don't we first talk about what we're drinking? Tonight? Yeah. So I found um, I found a lot of like recipes on Pinterest, and I kind of modify them. This one I just used outright. Um, and so you can go to our Instagram and um, find the the cocktail recipe on there um, with the link to the Pinterest um, page. Um, go to at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast on Instagram and it's called the blood moon. It's very fitting. Yes. And it, it, we've, you have your spherical ice mold mold mm-hmm. that you yep. use. that looks like a moon. Um, we used maker's mark bourbon. We used, um, sweet vermouth. We used seven moons red blend. Cause I felt like that was appropriate and bitters. And, um, yeah. Oh, and pomegranate juice. And pomegranate juice, yeah. So it has this, like, deep red, maroonish color. And then the moon's just floating there, the ice mold. Yeah, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's dive in, okay? Okay, let's do it. So it's pretty unclear where the werewolf legend started. Okay. There have been many different origin stories. However, werewolves do make an early appearance in Greek mythology with a legend of Lyacon. Mm, that makes sense. According to that legend, the son of Pelagus angered Zeus when he served him a meal made of a sacrificed boy. Ooh. As a punishment, Zeus turned Lycian and his sons into wolves. Okay. Okay. I think I've heard of that before. I think I've heard I hadn't heard of that before. I think I have. So there's also Nordic fol- folklore. Mm-hmm. There's a saga of the Volsuns. Okay. And that tells a story of a father and son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. Yeah, I've heard of this story too. The father-son duo donned the pelts, transformed into wolves, and went on a killing rampage in the forest. Mm-hmm. The rampage ended when the father attacked his son, causing a lethal wound. The son only survived because of a kind raven gave the father a leaf with healing powers. Interesting. I yeah, that's that's like the earliest. It's like aloe vera. Like the <laughs> the raven's like here's some aloe. Caw caw. Yeah. <laughs> it's like your raven. Well, oh, shut up. It's just because aloe vera has like healing powers. Right. So it was like a kind leaf or a leaf that has that kind of power. I mean, like 
aloe vera. I need you to be a voice actor because I need to see this actual raven that talks like that. What in is? The, isn't there like a Wizard of like? Is it Return to Oz where there's like a raven guy and he's like caw caw and it's like really dumb. Return to Oz is the trippiest movie I've like, it is really as trippy. seen as a child, so I don't remember. We're getting off tangent already. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> All right. So, however, some scholars believe that the earliest example of werewolves lore is found in uh, 2100 BC. Okay. In the Epic of Gilgamesh. Oh. The Epic of Gilgamesh is from ancient Mesopotamia and contains um, 12 tablets, okay. which I am not going to go through yeah, because it's don't. a lot. <laughs> um, however, in the text, Gilgamesh is shocked to learn that a potential lover turned her previous lover into a wolf. Ooh. So those are just a few examples, which I'm sure there are more. I mean, Native Americans donned pelts of wolves and bears to appear menacing during hunts and i'm sure there are some native american wolf transition stories that i'm completely missing right well i mean we already talked about the skinwalker yeah mm-hmm. so that that plays into that legend they used to wear the pelts the wolves yes. pelts and stuff and um and i think they could skinwalkers can typically turn into wolves mm-hmm. so that make yeah okay go ahead so now we're going to fast forward in time a little bit. Okay. And we're going to talk about people who have stated that they were werewolves, but were just, in fact, serial killers. Okay. So, in 1521, Frenchman uh, Pierre... Bern- Pierre. I'm, yeah, I was going to butcher the, that name. Burgot. Yeah, Pierre Burgot <laughs> and Michael Verdun. Michel. 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 Probably. Verdun. So, they allegedly swore allegiance to the devil... And claimed to have an ointment that turned them into wolves. Yeah, I've heard this too. So they confessed to brutally murdering several children. Mm -hmm. So this is an excerpt from Encyclopedia.com about that case. So in his confession, Burgot stated that 19 years earlier, he had been collecting his flock of sheep during a great thunderstorm Mm -hmm. when he was accosted by three demon horsemen clad in black. Jeez. Sounds like the three horsemen of the apocalypse, maybe? Um, oh. I guess. Interesting. One of these demons asked what troubled him, to which Burgot replied that he was afraid that his sheep might be attacked by wild beasts. Hmm. The demon told him if he would serve him as master and renounce God, Our Lady, the company of Our he- Lady? Yeah, I think that probably Mary. means Mary. Okay. Yeah. The company of heaven and his baptism, all his sheep would be safe, and he could also have money. So Burgot acknowledged the demon, and later in company with Michael Verdun, he attended a Sabbath of warlocks, where he stripped naked and was anointed with an ungent, after which his limbs became hairy and his feet like those of a beast. Mm. Verdun also changed his form, and they both ran like the wind. In the shape of wolves, they pursued and attacked children and committed oh other hideous crimes. Yeah. So both were burned at the stake. Yeah, as they should and, be. And uh, so burning was thought to be one of the very few ways to kill a werewolf back then. Well, and it also reminds me of witchery, like witchcraft, mm-hmm. and how uh, witches will like rub an ointment on themselves and it allows them to fly on their broomsticks. Yes. Like, I, I've heard that before. Well, that's before. also in that movie, The Witch, where she... Right. Where she kills the baby and then makes an ointment and then she, the baby, she rubs yeah. it all over her broom and then she's able to fly. Yes. And, you know, witches, of course, were burned at the stake. So right. Yeah. That makes sense. So it seems like there's a common theme. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here. There is. So next up, there's Giles uh, Grenier. 
Charles Grenier. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna just I'm gonna default Garnier, to Stephanie for the pronunciation of these names. Um, he's also known as the Werewolf of Doyle. Okay. Giles was a 16 year or 16th century Frenchman who mm-hmm. believed he had a, again an ointment yep. that would be able to turn him into a wolf. Again, same story: torturing and brutally killing children, but by this time eating their flesh. So he was tortured to extract a confession, confession stating he killed the four children of French Comet. Franchet Comet. There we go. Comet. And was again burned at the stake. So it's interesting, and it's you know, I wonder how Giles, how if he had heard the story of Burgot and Verdun, and he used that as right. justification. Or, but, but, you know, we have to think also back then there wasn't, like, media like there is right. nowadays. So how could both of those stories have come Well, the other thing, too, is, is in my research, there's a lot of discussion of the forced confession. Okay. So it's like in the witch trials yeah. where people were they kind just of torture them, torture them, they torture them until they confess, just as a sense of like wanting relief from the torture. So they could have been like, "You used anointment, didn't you, to become a wolf?" Exactly. And he's like, "Yeah, I did." Exactly. Yeah. So, so that's that's part of that that on um, that specific one. I think Burgo and uh, Verdun were like actually. They were actually doing these killings. I don't know if Giles Grenier was or was not. So okay, um, interesting. So in my research, there was a ton of like quote unquote like real werewolf cases documented in history. There were some pretty significant like through lines with each case. Okay. Usually, the story would center around disappearances and brutal killings of children in the area. Okay. And the culprit was either a large wolf seen in the area. Or a boy slash man that was thought to be a werewolf ensuing like in mass hysteria in the area. Mm-hmm. So in Sto- in Estonia, the witch trials of that era in that area also were combined with having werewolf trials. So okay. they were kind of doing that same thing which you already you know discussed. Mm-hmm. All right, so Steph. Yes. Have you heard of the Michigan Dogman? <laughs> uh that's not the same as beast of bray road is it i don't think so i'm gonna look it up okay no beast of bray road looks like it's in uh wisconsin yeah so that's not it okay all right okay so the michigan dogman is a werewolf that was first reported in 1887 okay in wexford county michigan two lumberjacks saw a creature Described as having a man's body and a dog's head. Okay. In 1938 in Paris, Michigan, a man by the name of Robert Fournay was attacked by five wild dogs. And he said one of those five walked on two legs. Interesting. Okay. Reports of a similar creature reported in Allegan County in the 1950s. And in Manatee, oh, I'm totally butchering these names. Manistee? Manistee and Cross Village in 1967. So in 1961, a night watchman was patrolling a manufacturing plant in Big Rapids when he saw an odd figure in the dark. At first, he thought it was a person and he just, until he saw like dog wolf features. Mm-hmm. He was getting ready to shoot it, but 
for some reason decided, oh, I'm not going to shoot this thing. I'm going to pull out my camera and snap the photo. Now look at this photo that I'm going to show okay. you. Yeah, so so to be clear for our uh, listeners here, so Drew ha has some notes here that he's typed up, and so that's what we're kind of looking at as we're, we're having this conversation. Mm -hmm. And he's embedded the image, <laughs> this fucking wolf. <laughs> It's like okay. It's so, it, it is a wolf costume. It, it it's like not compelling. Me. It looks like somebody wearing a Teddy Rupskin outfit. Like it's, it does look a little Teddy Rupskin. That's it could weird. easily be a wolf suit. It looks really shitty. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's pretty. It's pretty bad. I mean, this is only a black and white image here you printed out, but uh, yeah, it does yeah. not look compelling enough for I'll, me to. I'll post it on the Instagram. It's it's pretty bad. <laughs> like if I saw that walking. Like Torment, I think like Five Nights at Freddy's, like some like giant, like animatronic, like you know, yeah, you know, Chuck E. Cheese looking thing coming after you. <laughs> That's what it looks like to me. It's pretty, yeah, it looks pretty awful. And it's in nineteen, I said nineteen sixty one. I mean, that, that could easily have been purchased and taken a grainy picture with a camera back then. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. So I did want to mention real quick um, because I believe we had. I'm getting ready to look it up right now. Um, we, in one of our previous episodes, where we talked about haunted highways and byways. Okay. Do you remember that episode, babe? Yeah, it was a while back. That was... I don't know what episode it was now. I don't have it listed here. It was back on July 2nd. But um, we talked about the Beast of Bray Road. And a similar situation, um, it's only in Wisconsin, though. Um, Elkhorn... Walworth County, Wisconsin, but there's the Beast of Bray, Ro Bray Road, and it's this purported humanoid wolf-like creature. So there's mm -hmm. these definitely these sightings of werewolves or wolf-like creatures that right. are attacking people. Or like I think we had said in that episode, if you look back, you know, for listeners who'd like to listen to that again, or maybe you missed that episode, um, the wolf is able to run alongside the car and scratch. Mm -hmm. like the car as they're driving and so right. then when they finally do get to safety and they stop the car they find the scratch marks in the side of the car right so i thought that was interesting but go ahead no it's fine so now we're going to um move on to psychology yeah which if you have been listening for a while you know that i'm a mental health professional mm -hmm. so this is my jam <laughs> um so Steph, have you heard of clinical lycanthropy? I sure have, because <laughs> you've told me about it. <laughs> yeah. I've written actually a story. I, you sure did. So, yeah, another, like, side thing. Like, Steph and I are both, like, writers on the side, and we both have written short stories. Mm -hmm. And so one of my short stories is about clinical lycanthropy. Um, so clinical lycanthropy mm -hmm. is a psychiatric state where a patient has a delusional belief that they are turning into a wolf. Okay. Okay, so zooanthropy. The zooanthropy. Okay, Is a delusional belief that you're turning into an animal. Okay. So lycanthropy is an offshoot of that. Okay. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. So during my research, I actually found a peer-reviewed article. <gasps> which love those peer-reviewed. I love peer-reviewed articles. Yeah. Um, entitled <laughs> Clinical Lycanthropy Neurobiology Culture. A synthematic review authored by, and again, I'm so sorry that I'm going to butcher these Selim names. Seaman Gusum, Leila Bignot, Savon Missiant, and Minasian? Jasmine Mallet, and Mary Mane. Rose Morrow. It was published in 2021, which I found very interesting because yeah. that's, very, that's very recent. Yeah, that's interesting. So in their research, they found in total... 
43 cases of lycanthropy or canatthropy, which is that's the belief that you are a dog. Oh. So it's it's, it's two different things. Okay. <laughs> We're identified including 20 cases of lycanthropy, four cases of partial lycanthropy, and 19 What's cases. What's partial? Do you so have an I don't explanation have, I, I think what that means, because there's... Some of these cases were like people that like firmly believe that they were being turned into a wolf. Okay. And some like believe that they were like growing hair on their arms. So I don't know if that's how they distinguished like a partial case. It's like, okay, like this person believes they have hair on their arms and they have like canine teeth, but they're not identifying themselves as a wolf. They're not saying they're fully turning into werewolf form. Yes. Okay. So that's what I think. Um, So these cases were actually reported between 1852 and 2020. 2020 yes okay well (laughs) and so what's interesting to me real quick is like i i understand because we are so immersed in media and like you think of like vampires and werewolves and witches and you know we we watch movies about it so like there's a mental health piece there where they're being if someone's been watching werewolf movies and they all of a sudden start thinking they're turning into a werewolf but, like, to me, what's more compelling is the 1852 cases in that, time, like, yeah, frame that time frame because they haven't been but, exposed to werewolf. But think about back then, instead of having, like, you know, oh, they're going to watch, like, Twilight for the 17 million time, <laughs> is that they're also telling stories. I know that it and was so storytelling. Like, and but... so if you think about that, like, if you have, like, a really deep, like, you know, psych, like, psychosis... And you're hearing all these stories about werewolves. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I hear you. I just wonder how much of auditory storytelling impacts someone versus visual storytelling. I mean, that's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Because someone who watches a werewolf movie and then wakes up the next day and says, I turned into a werewolf overnight and killed a bunch of people. You know? Well, we'll get into that. Okay. So, um... So, okay, further, further along in the, in the article, uh-huh. clinically, lycanthropy can be associated with sensory, visual, and acoustic hallucinations interpreted as related to transformation into wolves. Mm-hmm. And so they had, um, they had data from different patients, which were unnamed, you know, of course, due to HIPAA. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they had a bunch of tables. So we're kind of going to go through some of these cases. Uh, for example, patient N18 had hallucinations of hair growth on his face, trunk, and arms, and facial malformities, thus avoiding seeing his face or body. He also believed that his mind was changing into a different mind. Notably, Mm. some cases of clinical lycanthropy can be associated with various degrees of suicidality. Oh. So the thing is, is, this is interesting, is I kind of want to put a pin in that. Okay. Because we're going to talk about media later, and we're going to talk about Wolfman. Ah. So keep that in mind for Wolfman. Okay. Okay. All right. So that's like the bio- biological like component of having hallucinations of believing that they're werewolves. Most of the cases had psych- uh, psychotic spectrum disorders. And that's like schizophrenia, bipolar, okay. those type of things. Mm-hmm. But there's also an environmental component, which you've already kind of alluded to. Okay. Which we're going to discuss further. Okay. So this is, again, further along in that, in that article. Okay. Two other patients experienced clinical lycanthropy delusions as related to series or online research that they used to find an explanation for their hallucinations. And that's patients in six and seven. 
Okay. Another patient feared watching movies that could interfere with his lycanthropic delusions. Ah. Patient in 18. Okay. So earlier in 1975, Serwick and Banta reported a case of a 20-year-old patient with clinical lycanthropy after he saw the movie The Exorcist. The Exorcist. Research on the link between delusions and the internet remains sporadic. But in today's adolescent culture, werewolves are still represented in literature, such as the character Remus Lupin in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter. Right. In Twilight, or in the series such as Teen Wolf. In the movie Tween- Teen Wolf, too, in the 80s. Right. Yeah. Digital technology, the internet, social networks, series, video games, and virtual reality games are now a main part of the culture. These cases suggested that studying the consequences of digital technology on adolescents' mental health and assessing their use in daily clinical practice is relevant. Okay, so so this makes me think of like, okay, so in Vampire Diaries, there's also werewolves, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what I said earlier. Right. Um, so people who have a hard time separating reality from fantasy world. Yes. Like... This this would affect them in that way. If they're watching a lot of mm-hmm. shows or movies that have werewolves, they may begin to believe. It's like same with people who begin to believe that and associate with vampirism. Yes, because they're play like um, the Murray Vampire Clan. Yeah, that we going were, back to that that episode that, too. that episode as well, right. where we talked about vampires and um, the murders they committed. Um, so it's interesting. That's interesting. It is. And I think that's that's the other thing, too, is that, you know, if you are a person that's plagued with, like, you know, hallucinations and, and those type of things and not medicated and um, are kind of obsessive about a certain, like, you know, werewolves or, or vampirism, mm-hmm. it can definitely be one of those things where those two things link up for your next, like, hallucination or delusion. Mm-hmm. So, like, that that's what this... The, the, this article is is that's what it's discussing okay got it so steph i think we need to take a break and make another drink okay yeah you want to make me another drink i was gonna ask you to make me one since (laughs) i made all the research okay i'll do it (laughs) we'll be right back hi y'all this is steph from uh spirited spirits while we're taking a quick break i wanted to let you know how you can support the podcast we've had several people reach out and ask us Um, The most important thing you can do is to share the link to our podcast with your family and friends. So whether you're on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you're using for your podcast, feel free to share our podcast with your family and friends. We would love for more to get more listeners and to hear from more of you. Um, you feel free to email us at contactspiritedspirits at gmail.com. We love to hear stories from you all, and we want to gather a great collection of listener stories that we can eventually share on a future podcast. Also follow us on Instagram at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast and on Twitter at spirited spirits. And we just recently signed up for Buy Me a Coffee, which is a way you can donate to our podcast. So we will include that on our link tree, which we have included on our Instagram. So feel free to check that out and see what you think. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. And now back to the show. All right. And we're back. Mm-hmm. All right. So Steph. Yes. Have you heard <laughs> of Austin Haroff? No. Okay. I have not. All right. Should I have? Well, this is a very interesting case. Okay. All right. 
On the evening of August 15th, 2016. 2016? Yes. Okay. 19-year-old Austin Haroff stormed out of a Duffy's Bar and Grill in Jupiter, uh, Florida. Of course it was Florida. <laughs> where he was dining <laughs> with his family. Okay. And went to his mother's home where he reportedly drank cooking oil Ooh. and was acting strange. After his mother found him and drove him back to the restaurant, he got into an argument with his father and left again, walking across town until he came upon Stevens and Mishkin's. T- those, these are two people, by the way. Okay. Uh, Tikashkin home. I don't know how to pronounce that. Um, just north of the Palm Beach County line. Okay. There. He allegedly knifed and bludgeoned the couple to death in the garage. A neighbor, Jeff Fisher, intervened after hearing the noise outside, according to a police report. Harriff allegedly stabbed him, too, but mm-hmm. Fisher survived. Martin County Sheriff's officers arrived at the scene to find Harriff in his underpants gnawing on Stephen's face and Ooh. grunting like an animal. It reportedly took a taser, three police officers, and a canine to pull Harriff from Stephen's body. Oh my gosh. And a taser? And... Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Okay, so... Harriff had been showing signs of erratic behavior before the attack. According to w- WPBF, his mother, Mina, called the police shortly before the attack and told them her son had been acting strangely. She said he was claiming he had superpowers and was here to protect people. Oh. Okay. He was here to protect people, but he was going to gnaw on their faces? We're getting to that. Okay. <laughs> While police initially attributed Harris' actions to an, an intoxication with bath salts or flocka, <laughs> which do you, I don't know, do you remember that back like in 2016? That was like a thing with the guy that like attacked the one guy what, on, in yes. Florida because he was, oh. That was the one, the, that was the drug that was called, it was like called the zombie drug. Yeah. Because people would like attack people and look like zombies and have like not control of their movements. Like, yeah. It was very fascinating and, t- and scary. Like the Umbrella Corporation had created a drug and right. released it to people. <gasps> so, gross. But okay, so that's what they originally thought. Mm-hmm. But toxicology reports disproved that theory. Okay, well, that was also like the guy in Florida that attacked the homeless guy because he mm-hmm. they found they found nothing in his system aside from I think marijuana. Oh, is that true? I, think I thought so. they found. I thought they found no. Assaults. I don't think they did. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Harris' attorneys and medical experts have since argued in court that he was in the midst of an acute psychotic episode and believed he was half dog, half man when he killed Stevens and Michonne. Hold on. He was clinically diagnosed with clinical lycanthropy delusions by Dr. Philip Resnick in a 38-page mental health assessment. 38-page? Well, okay, forensic interviews and forensics, like, those are very, like, specific and... 38-page, though? Yeah. Yeah, that's typical? Yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to do before I was, like, when I do school, like, psychology and stuff. Yeah, well... Anyway, but... Here's the thing, though, about that. Why did I discuss that? Because in 2016, we still have a case of clinical lycanthropy. Yeah. And so that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So it's still prevalent to have those type of things. It occasionally pops up. and Right. So 
I want to talk about now, we're going to just kind of go from history and cases to just like werewolves, like the, what, folklore. the folklore, like what, like how it transcends into media. Okay. So, you know, Steph, what makes a werewolf? You talked about briefly in the beginning. Like, so I think there's like general rules and then there's more specific ones that are probably outlined in various movies. Okay. So, um, typically werewolves have been cursed okay. in some way with the werewolf gene or they were bit and then became werewolves. Okay. Um, they can only turn on a full moon. Does that happen in Vampire Diaries? Is it just so a full in moon? Vampire Diaries? It is a full moon. However, there is a character who is half. He's a hybrid. He's part vampire, part werewolf, and he can control when he turns. Right. Niklaus. Um, and, and what? And was it in the movies that I'm not a fan of? Twilight. Um, <laughs> they are Native American. That's more can, of like. But a, they can shape at will, right? They can, and that is um, be- the only reason that they began uh, turning into werewolves is because vampires moved into the area, right. and it necessitated them to turn. It was like because they were the natural enemy. Like if you look at yin and yang, right? right. Like you have to if there's vampires, you have to have werewolves. So is that, like, is that discussed in the book? Because that was in the book, yeah. Oh, okay, because that wasn't discussed in the stupid movies. The movie was a little bit. It discusses it a little bit. I'm not a fan of Twilight. The reason why Jacob begins turning is because Edward and his family are there. Okay. And so they all, the the Native American indigenous folk there in in Forks, Washington, begin turning into the werewolves because they're the natural enemy of vampires. Okay. But, and and it's still, there's still this vampire enemy and werewolf dichotomy in Vampire Diaries as well. But going back to the folklore and strictly playing on that, it's um, a curse turn it uh, at midnight or on, or sorry, not at midnight, but on full moon. Maybe it is at midnight. I don't know. Um, but on a full moon, and um, if you're bit, you then there's this like viral component, perhaps, or there's this like again the curse is passed on to okay. others. Because um, I think of like a, a werewolf in London. American Werewolf in American London. American Werewolf in London. Um, and, yeah, well, also, it's like they can't control their urge to kill. Right. But then there's also, how, how do you kill a werewolf? Uh, silver bullet. Okay. Something silver, right? Although, there's other means. Well, so, like, like well, in Vampire Diaries, there's <laughs> wolf. It's not killing, It's but you might be able to incapacitate. Silver is important. I think, but if but if you incapacitate them, you would need Wolfsbane. Okay, so I don't know if you all know this, but Stephanie's a big fan of Vampire Diaries. I think they probably know if they've been so, listening for a long right. enough. So, so in media, uh-huh. there are allegedly four types of werewolves. Okay? Oh, okay, I did not know that. There's warwolves, warwolves, quadruped wolves. Okay. Pug wolves. What? And full wolves. Okay. Okay. So, war- are you going to explain what the hell those are? Of course, I'm going to explain. Okay. That. I did my research. I'm not going to just. I'm just going to leave it at that. You all do the war research. Wolves. All right. So, war wolves. These came to popularity in the 1980s, and that was with the howling. Okay. This was directed by the great 
Joe Dante, okay. who did Gremlins. Gremlins. So just, you know, putting it's it out there. It's Gremlins season. It is. We get to watch Christmas Horror movies. So the Howling, um, so the IMDb synopsis of that movie. Mm-hmm. After a bizarre and near deadly encounter with a serial killer, a tev- television newswoman is sent to a remote mountain resort where residents may not be what they seem. Now, I have... Wait, what? I have not seen... I don't the, the howling. howling that was the... <laughs> I, f- I feel like that's like as horror nerds i feel like that's one we should have watched I've, but... I've seen the howling and i'm not sure if that's a correct imdb is that not it have, that's why i looked you... it up okay did you look it up the correct one because oh, i think there was well, a remake i hope i did it was like a night it was like a ni- 1980s i don't remember that being in it stars d wallace yeah Yeah. Okay, well, now correct. we need to watch The Howling. Maybe we need to watch that tonight. After. Yeah. Let's watch it tonight. After okay. This We're going to do our homework after the after Okay. Because I don't know if that would be a, a very accurate description of that. Hey, look, that's I, I went with the most basic bones IMDb. I get it. Because once you go down the line of IMDb on their things, it's always like these long stories that somebody has made. I get so. it. I haven't, well, and I haven't seen that movie since high school. Did we watch it in high school? I watched it. I don't know if it was with you. Oh, okay. It may have been with one of my other high school friends. Oh, okay. I don't know. Like Susie or something. Uh, okay. Know. Well, anyway, so these werewolves stand over seven feet tall. Okay. Okay. They don't have a tail, which is interesting. Uh, they're fearless, all rage, long claws, and can transform at will. Okay. So Those like, are the war wolves. War wolves. And so okay. with the research that I did... Um, there's one that's a dog soldiers, which I haven't. Oh yeah. So that one's considered war wolves. Yeah. Um, so now there's. Quadru- I know. I know someone who was obsessed with that movie. Oh, okay. Do you know who I'm thinking of? No. Okay. Okay. Lie. So there's quadruped wolves. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these these wolves are just really giant wolves. They can't stand upright like other werewolves. They're about seven feet long. They have long tails. They retain some human-like features and have some self-awareness and rage control. Okay. So the best example of that is American Werewolf in London. Well, and also I think of Jacob in, Vam- in not Vampire Diaries, in um, Twilight. Okay. Jacob, I would say, is, is a quadruped. Right, yeah. So I... I really like American Werewolf in London. I do too. And I think that's probably... If I if I had to put like a, a pin on my favorite werewolf movie, I probably would say that one. So and for think, those who haven't seen it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So well, hold on. It has the best like practical werewolf transformation yeah. that I I can think of. Um, and I'm a big fan of anything practical. Anything that's not CGI and it's practical, yes. you have my vote. <laughs> um, and also scared the shit out of me as a kid. Mm-hmm. I remember seeing bits and pieces of it on TNT because TNT would always show random horror movies at night when I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to watch them. Or AMC Fear Fest or yeah, something. Yeah, but, but I remember seeing the transformation and being too scared to like finish the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so what that one is about is a horror comedy written and directed by John Landis. And the movie follows two American backpackers, David and uh, Jack, and as they travel through England. After an attack by a huge animal... Um, it kills Jack and leaves David wounded. Uh, strange events begin to unfold. So that's where the bite, he gets bit. He does. And then that's the curse that is passed on yeah. to him. So he has a vision of an undead Jack alerts David to the fact that he's being turned into a werewolf and his savage nature is sure to be lethal. Yeah. It's a great movie. It, it is. really is. And it was one of those ones where, um, 
gosh, was that on my list? I don't think that was on my list, was it? I don't think we put it on. I think I, hold on. I need to check my list. We're going to have to, we've got our list for this year, but I feel like next year's top 10 horror movies for the fall is going to change or we're going to okay so that we'll was talk about more obscure ones well no that was one about. that i had on my list and i actually ended up removing oh, okay because i wanted it to put it on a list but i didn't i feel like didn't have a spot for it okay so um so pug wolves do you want to know what yeah pug wolf what, is? The, what the <laughs> hell is a pug wolf the pug wolf uh form most resembles a human so they get angry and their appearance starts to change. They have elongated ears, canine teeth, a uh, slight snout, haunches over, but has human legs, retains more human self-awareness and control. These are seen in Penny Dreadful, Teen Wolf, and The Wolfman. So okay. this is where, if you think about it... So you're telling me in Teen Wolf he's a pug wolf? Why Why? The, why pug wolf? I don't know. This is just what I... I, I did the research <laughs> and I found pug. numerous articles about pug wolf. I guess because they look like pugs? I don't... Cause they, well, because I guess their like, nose is like yeah. weird, but it, some of their facial features are human, but then they're yes. hairier. And so if we think of like the transformation of the wolf man, I mean, he... Like in that movie specifically, 1941, The Wolfman. Um, you know, he. The first scene is like you see like his legs like transform, transform, okay. and then later like he transforms. I think I think they do it backwards if I remember correctly. They like he's supposed to be a wolf, and then they they kind of go backwards on it. If I remember that, yeah. I, I might be wrong. But I, I know they did. I know that the transformation took five to six hours of makeup to do oh. just for Long Cheney to. To become a werewolf. Oh wow! Um, but it, it's when they look—they look like a human, but just like they have hair all over the face. Now, we talked about earlier about lycanthropy and about mm-hmm. how some cases of people they will look and see like in the mirror they'll have like hair on their face when the delusion is they don't actually have that. Like they don't have that; it's just a delusion. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So my thought process was, you know, you know, some of these movies with pug wolves. You know, Penny Dreadful and stuff like that. Like, you know, is that like just kind of the perfect storm scenario of having a psychotic disorder, not being on medication, watching Penny Dreadful, and then you look in the mirror and you, you see... you think that you're transforming or... Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, interesting. Right. I think Teen Wolf is hilarious. I remember watching that as a kid. And, like, I should not have watched that as a kid. <laughs> my dad, of course... My, there's a, there's a my, lot of in, stuff that you shouldn't have watched. Yeah, my dad, I know we've probably talked about this before. My dad, if he wanted to watch it and he was babysitting me, he just put it on. It didn't matter if it was appropriate or not. Right. Um, and I remember, like, when that girl starts taking off her bra. Oh, yeah. And he's like, oh, because, he, he, you know, he was a dorky guy and she would have never given him a chance if he hadn't become the, the wolf. Right. There's a lot of weird stuff in the 80s like that. Yeah. That's like nowadays. Like duck tits. Like, uh, duck tits. <laughs> now we're going to have to explain what duck tits are. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. So it has, if any. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Howard the Duck. So if anybody has watched Howard the Duck, I saw Howard the Duck at way too young of an age, and when she's in the bathtub, the duck woman with her big boobs, like furry duck boobs. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, well, that was was about werewolves, duck tits. Anyway, um, moving on. Okay, so we've talked about full moon. We've talked about the silver kills them, and it's interesting why silver. Like, I wonder what the mythology around 
silver is. Because I think of also vampires for a period of time have been... Um, well, we don't... We don't silver has been a, a, a thing that kind of helps defeat them as well. Well, we talked about this, I think, in vampires. But also when we talk about the movie... Um, Dracula 2000. 2000, yeah, where he's and how actually Judas, Judas. And, how, and how Judas, at, at the end of that movie, Dracula ends up being Judas. And it's the and it's 30, 20 or 30, 30, pieces, 30 pieces of silver, of silver that he exchanged in for, like, you know, Jesus's life. Yeah. That's why it's silver. So I'm kind of wondering, I mean, that could be something in, in history. I didn't look that up. Yeah, I don't know. If anybody has answered that, email us at contactspiritofspirits.com. Gmail.com. Gmail.com. All right, so um, going back on... Wolfman, really quick. Okay. So, if anybody hasn't seen that, it was released in 1941. And it. There's been a remake, though. Yeah. I have not seen the remake. Yeah, we did. I thought we watched it. I don't remember. So, in. So in the 1941 one, it's Long Cheney Jr. He returns to his family home to bury his recently deceased brother. He gets bit by a wolf and turns into a werewolf. Mm-hmm. So that's a very brief summary, summary, but it has all like the tropes in it. Like the, the ones like, you know, he has to change in a full moon, um, you know, silver. The head of the cane that kills him at the end is made of pure silver. Mm. Um, okay. So, so that's where I feel like a lot of the, the lore in media comes from. It's from that one. Okay. So going back to our four types of werewolves in media, we have one last one, which I don't have a lot of information of, but it's called full wolves. And what that means is that, so these are the transformations that are just into a real wolf. Sometimes they run in packs. Oh. And so this one is apparently like, um, and pardon me. If in I, true blood. In okay. true blood. But, Al, I, but hold, I'm thinking. Well, his name is Al, 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 Al-Qaeda. Outside, I, 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 don't I know. didn't watch True Blood. I only watched so, like the first season. I don't know, but I don't remember. So that, I wasn't that's what, that's in. the one where like you turn into like just a straight up. Wolf. Okay, well then I guess it's kind of like Jacob actually. No, Twilight. no, that I would think you were right before because. But they run in packs. But they were bigger. They were bigger, yeah. So like it's not it's not like just regular wolves. They were bigger at that point. Okay, I don't know. Interesting. Right. So, you kind of think about, like, Remus Lupin. Yeah. Where does he fit? (laughs) He stands up on two legs. Okay, so which one was that one? I think he's a werewolf. I don't know if he had a tail. I don't think he had a tail. Oh, good point. I don't think he did. So, I think he's a werewolf. Okay. Which is crazy to think about. And there's a difference, though, between werewolves and animagus, though. Right, there is. Because there were some that could turn into wolves. Right. Serious Black. Yeah. Serious Black. Um, <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Right. Um, okay. So, what do you... I'm trying to think of other werewolf movies that we've seen. Oh, well, so first of all, Andrew and I always joke that he's the werewolf because he always runs hot. In like in vampire diaries and stuff, they're always running hot. And then I'm a vampire because I always run cold. And so we joke. Oh, I just thought of another one. Um, under Underworld. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, where they're vampire and werewolf, and they like their little love connection that happens in the movie. Right. That's like, so it's kind of like us. 
Oh, okay. There it is. <laughs> there it is. There it is. So that was fun. Um, so we hope you enjoyed this episode. What do you think about werewolves? Do you think they're real? Or do you think, um, what do you think about clinical lycanthropy? What is your favorite werewolf movie? Or what is your favorite werewolf in a show or book? Book. Yeah, we haven't, we didn't even talk about books. Is there one we forgot about that we didn't mention in this episode? Um, Let us know. So feel free to comment on our posts on Instagram at spirited underscore spirits underscore podcast um, or on Twitter at spirited spirits, or you can email us at contact spirited spirits at gmail.com. Yeah. And just a reminder, it is our favorite time of year. Yes. And we hope you're enjoying <laughs> spooky season. That's right. Happy, happy Halloween, everyone. Uh, we'd love if you share an episode with your friends. Because this time of year, you know, maybe they're all looking to talk about spooky stuff. Yes. And, you know, we can be those, like, weird friends that talk about spooky stuff all the time. Um, <laughs> but also, yes. if, you know, if you're on Instagram... And you follow us, share our Instagram story with your friends so that they can follow too and go on this journey of discovery of all things creepy with and spooky us. Spooky and scary. Mm-hmm. Yes. And thanks for joining us while we sip on spirits and talk about spirits. Bye. Bye.